on this week's episode, we debunk albinism stereotypes. Yes, you've heard the word albino and you might have heard many different stereotypes throughout your life, but we are going to go through all of them and tell you the real facts. So stick around. Hello and welcome to Rare with Flair. The podcast where two 20-somethings with the same rare disease are living their best lives. I'm your host, Cassandra. And I'm your host, Casey. Hello, Cass. Hello, Case. I actually have a little update for the pod odd, the pod ooh, audience. Ooh, ooh, I think I know what it is and I'm excited. Oh, oh do you want to get, do you want to go ahead and guess? Could it be about your glasses? Yes. Yeah, Yay! that's exactly what I was going to tell them. So if, if any of you heard our glasses episode we did a few weeks back, I was kind of saying I had recently got glasses, but I, I didn't know how I felt about them. I didn't know if they were worth it. I think I've decided they're worth it. And I have been wearing them everywhere I go out of my house. And I've been really liking them. I, I mean, there's still a bit of a love-hate relationship going on sometimes. But for the most part, it's love. And I and they're fun. And I like I'm them. I'm so glad. I'm so glad as a lifetime pretty much glasses wear um i i know that in that episode which if you haven't heard it you should go back and listen to it but um you know we kind of talk about how case and i have different vision in in a sense um and so i i have a hard time understanding how it couldn't help so i'm it makes me happy knowing that when you are you know outside of your house doing things that are further away from you that it is a lot easier for you to see and it cuts down on that eye strain ow yeah cuts down on some of the eye strain for sure yeah so i wanted to update you all on that and do you have any other kind of updates things to share things to get out of the way before we get going uh <laughs> it's okay if you don't you just ate a piece of cheese in front i did of me. just have a piece of cheese and it was it looked delicious really good. It was yeah, a baby, baby bell. I am a cheese fiend. So. I love cheese too, man. We both have an obsession with Cheez-Its, specifically white cheddar Cheez-Its. They are the best kind. And specifically in the bigger box. Yes. Because they taste different in okay, the Okay, okay. The little box, like the... the okay, I, I know this too well, and I feel like Me I too. sound obsessed. It's but true. the seven-ounce no, box of Cheez-It is absolute <laughs> trash. Don't they're like burnt. It. They're like burnt. They taste like too crispy. I don't know. Yes. No, no. She's right. Like every time I've bought Cheez-Its at like a gas station and it's the small box, it's never quite done it for me. It's full um, of lies. But the bigger one, and I don't know how it is in the original flavor. We're talking about white cheddar here. That's the one I know and love. Yeah. So. I'm convinced that they're made at different factories, and I will stand by that claim as long as I am proved otherwise. <laughs> someone needs to explain. Someone has to explain the difference because we both noticed it at separate times. Like we both knew about it before the other one ever even said it, and like it's a real thing. Cheese it needs to answer for their crimes. <laughs> you would only know this if you're a cheese it connoisseur like ourselves. <laughs> They need to answer for their crimes. Is that what you say? <laughs> yes. Sometimes, sometimes we we are on Facetime when we do this, and sometimes there's a slight lag, and I hear what she said like after she said it. 
I swear, if you're ever listening to this pod and we like interrupt each other or we don't laugh at another's joke, most of the time it's because like it didn't come through or, or like we didn't hear it quick enough or something. The internet is really strange. It is, but I'm excited for this ep. I this is am a really juicy. excited. Juicy it's kind of juicy. It's kind of back to our. We kind of had a fun little flare moment last time, and now we're getting back into more juicy. Um, as you both know, we have a genetic condition called albinism. Our you said type of, both. <laughs> wait, what? What did you say? As you both know, hello to wait. our two <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I thought what, what I meant to say slash what I thought I said was, as you know, we both have a genetic condition. Is that not what I said? I don't know. <laughs> I thought I said we both have a genetic condition, but if I, if I said as you both know, then clearly I'm letting everyone know we only have two listeners. That, I'm just kidding. We don't. We don't. we have more than that. We have more than that. Um, I'm so sorry. I swear. I swear we have more. No, we do have more than two listeners, but to our moms yeah. who we know listen to this, our regularly, moms might be hi. the first two. Um, so if I said that wrong, that was a good laugh. If I didn't, it was still a good laugh. But what I meant to say was, for those of you who know, we both have a genetic yeah. condition. Yeah, that's better. We both have a genetic condition called albinism. It is pronounced that way, not al- albinism. It mm-hmm. is pronounced albinism. We have a rare type called Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome, as we've talked about many times. But... The term albino, which I'm sure all of you are familiar with, um, that's where it comes from, is, is albinism. Uh, it's a kind of a slang term yeah. for albinism, albino. So we wanted to, like Cass said in the cold open, we want to debunk the myths of albinism right here, right now. Um, there are so many. There are so many. Oh my gosh! It's when we so were like writing them down, we were, it's there are just so many because I because it is a recognizable disorder mm-hmm. and people know everybody knows of what an albino is, but nobody knows really what it is or anything about it at all, and they make or, assumptions. Or few people, I think, would even connect the dots because the fact that you just pointed out that albino comes from albinism, meaning like someone with that condition. Um, I think that few people would actually connect the dots that albino equals albinism. And maybe if they've met someone with albinism in their lives, they may not even realize that that person, I guess, has albinism or, you know, I don't know. Sometimes people don't connect those two thoughts in their minds. Oh, no. No, not at all. A lot of times in the past I've had to say, I have albinism, you know, like albino, because... People know what albino means, but they don't know what albinism means a lot of the time. I mean, and like, sometimes maybe. But. To clarify, we don't use that term in the community. It's very, I don't want to say the word triggering, but it's very, um, like, hurtful to some people who have been bullied in their lives yeah. for having albinism. And it's honestly just easier to not use it. Um, so... It's not the preferred nomenclature. If you know someone with albinism, don't call them that. We talked about that in our in our words episode forever ago, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. um but usually you'll hear albino as referred to animals who have albinism. Yeah, yeah. And there and it really and I mean, I completely agree with you that it's typically if you're talking to someone with albinism, you shouldn't call them an albino without asking them uh, if if they are okay with that because 
Some people are. There there are actually some people that really, really, um, I think, identify with the term albino and they're fine with it and they've they've called themselves that their whole life and they're cool with it. Or, or even like at our conferences, it's a little more of a joking word sometimes. We'll be like, oh, we're with our albino friends because we feel like mm-hmm. we can say it kind of thing. But I feel like a lot of times in the past, it has been used to really bully people. People yell it out of their cars at people on the street. People scream albino at people. And it's really like it can be tied to a lot of bullying, like Cass said. But some people don't mind it. So some Mm -hmm. people, you know, in the community do use it. It's not like nobody uses it. It just depends on the the place and the time and the person. So if you know someone with albinism, we're not all the same. We don't all have the same word preferences. But yeah, just, I mean, I wouldn't use it without knowing that that's what they prefer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. pretty much. And again, like you just mentioned, it may just be, I I find that uh, I prefer it, like, within our community. And I'll use it throughout that, like, talking to other people with albinism. But um, I don't think... I would really appreciate it if someone outside of the community used that, you know. I'll say it when I'm like, let's pretend I go to the beach with my family and I'm like putting on sunscreen. I'm like, oh, like albino problems. Like I'll say it as a joke. Um, I never, my family never said it to me or about me growing up though. I never heard that in my household. Did you, did your family ever say albino when you were growing up? So actually, it is in Spanish, so I'm Puerto Rican, for those of you who may or may not know or remember, but um, that is the way to talk about someone with albinism in Spanish is albino. And so, like, I'm used to hearing that, but I don't know, there's something about hearing it in English that is, like, strange, and it just, it feels like it doesn't quite belong, but I'm... I'm really used to hearing it in Spanish, and I don't know if it's used in the same way, because I didn't grow up in Puerto Rico. I grew up in the United States. I grew up in Ohio, so I don't fully know that, but I do. I have heard the word a lot. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the first thing we have here, which is our eyes. So um, one of the first misconceptions is that people with albinism have red eyes. And another kind of misconception that goes along with that is even if you don't think people with albinism have red eyes, some people think they only have blue eyes or really, really light-colored eyes. Um, not necessarily the case. Cass, do you want to elaborate a little on, on this? Science fun facts. Science fun facts. <laughs> okay, so people with albinism lack pigment in almost every area of their body, uh, but we'll get into that. Um, so... People with albinism also lack pigment in their eyes. And, um, you know, what makes your pupil appear black is the pigment in your eyes. Um, It also helps filter light within your iris. So if you've ever looked at a close-up of an eye and you see the little lines that run through the iris, the colored part of the eye, um, those are also pigmented, so they help filter light. Ours are not like that. They may look like that on the surface but it's that's not the case um so our eyes are you know to to boil it down even though this isn't like completely scientifically true our eyes are essentially clear and so the red eye effect that you end up seeing is that when light shines directly into our eyes um you can see the back of your retina, which is red, 
uh, and the blood vessels in your retina, which shine red. Um, so if my eyes will sometimes look pink if I'm looking directly into a light, and and that's just because the effect is called translumination. <laughs> yes, yes, translumination. So like Cass said, oftentimes the red color is from the blood vessels in the eye. That's what you're seeing. Um, so actually, I have hazel eyes. My eyes are pretty dark for a person with albinism. I will say most people with albinism do have light colored eyes. That's kind of the general thing, but not necessarily. Um, us, Cassandra and I, both having hermansky pudlak syndrome, we do have some more pigment than the average person with albinism, and we will get into that a little more later. But one of the ways albinism is diagnosed is through shining a light in the eye at the eye doctor. There, there are a few other ways to, um, you know, visual impairment, nystagmus. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of other things that go on with your eye. But so my eyes, in, in everyday life, my eyes appear fairly dark, actually. They appear mm-hmm. a light brownish gold. But if you shine a light in them, it is very, very clear that they are not normal at all. Like if any kind yeah. of eye doctor shined a light in my eye, they'd be like, oh, she has a lack of pigment. She has albinism. But for any person on the street that sees me, my eyes do not appear red. My eyes, I mean, maybe if I'm in a really, really sunny area, they would. But I always wear sunglasses when I'm in a sunny mm-hmm. area. So I don't think most people, uh, I will say when I've been in a sunny area without sunglasses, that's when people comment on my eyes. Like, oh, your mm-hmm. eye color is is cool because it does, yeah. look, it looks different, right? Like one time somebody told me, they asked me if I was wearing Cullen contacts back when, um, Twilight yes. was popular. Oh my gosh. Um, so if anybody knows Twilight's Twilight's, I can't talk. If anybody knows Twilight, the Cullens, the the vampires in it have like really really striking like gold eyes. And I think like in everyday lighting, my eyes look super normal, but in that kind of lighting, they do look a little bit like, oh, something's going on. I feel like yours too. Yours are kind of almost have like a purpley gray look, right? In certain Yeah, lighting. my eyes are normally pretty bluey gray it's they're really light colored um they'll look a little bit darker if i am wearing contacts because my contacts are tinted so they'll look more of a of a blue but um but they are really light and so i've i remember the same kinds of interactions with people there was one time i was at a restaurant so i wasn't even outside um but i was sitting and i looked up at the waiter and he was standing like in front of a light and so the the light shone right into my eyes and it hurts like when that happens like it's painful Mm -hmm. but then people see i don't know the translumination effect in our eyes and he was like wow your eyes are like pink they're really cool looking like i'm like yeah thanks they're in pain but thank you and i will (laughs) say most people with albinism when we take pictures with flash photography our eyes are bright red in every single picture Oh my gosh, in um, every single picture. The good thing is that I think picture. flashes have gotten a bit better. Do you remember yes. like in the 2000s with the digital camera flash? It was brutal. Oh, brutal. No, yeah, you're brutal. right. It has gotten better. But I will also say one time I was trying to get a uh, passport made and oh, no. I like needed it. Yeah, yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> I needed it in like a, a time frame. You know, I needed it quickly. So I, I did it. I went. I got the picture professionally taken, mind you, at the place. Right. And then, oh, that's a person calling me and I didn't have my ringer off. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, sorry about that. But anyway, I, I had my picture professionally taken. Then I get this notice that my passport cannot be accepted. I have to redo it because my eyes are red in the picture and you have to see my eye color for the the picture. And I was like, 
well, how am I supposed to get a picture without red eyes? Like, oh my gosh, it was a nightmare, kind of. That's but. wild and also frustrating. But yeah, the, yes. the eye color thing is really interesting. And and with K- in Casey's case, her specific subtype of Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome, people with um, her type are often have a lot more pigment than I guess quote unquote the rest of us. Um, yeah. And so like I've seen people with her subtype of Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome that look like they have darker skin. They've got like brown hair. They've got brown eyes, but. These people also still have albinism. Yeah, they still have albinism. It's wild, but it's true. And I, yeah, for those of you who don't remember, I have type 3 of HPS. Cass has type 1. I know it, the, all the terminology and the types. It's super confusing. There are lots of different types of albinism and different types of HPS as well. But yes, my type does have more pigment for whatever reason. Um, so, But I still have albinism. I still have the effects of albinism, the legal blindness, the photophobia, all mm-hmm. the fun stuff. So It doesn't um, work, though. And... Okay, and unfair though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna practically yell here. <laughs> Casey can tan, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> I well, yeah, we're, I can tan. I literally can tan. Yes, I still have to be really careful and wear my sunscreen. But it, it's really funny. I, I see. Okay, I'm gonna sound kind of like a jerk for a minute. I really don't mean no, to. No, you're fine. You're so fine. Um, I see a lot of parents really 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 concerned about sunscreening their child like every two hours like putting on sunscreen wow and that was not my experience at all growing up I did not take sunscreen breaks before recess I did not do any of that and I used to kind of look at these parents and think wow they're kind of overdoing it but what I realized later is they're not overdoing it I just have more pigment and I and I was able to to -hmm. do that without burning and these kids a lot of these kids they are able to go outside. We're going to get to that later. I know a lot of people think albinos can't go outside. We're going to get to that. Um, a lot of these kids do have to have a lot more sunscreen re- reapplies throughout the day. And, of course, I'm reapplying if I'm, like, at the beach. But, like, sure. I don't reapply on a typical day ever, 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 you know? Like, so I think people have their levels, and you kind of have to learn what your level of protection mm-hmm. is when it comes to sunscreen. But, no, I literally can tan. Like, it's I, I, bonkers, y'all. I just have a bunch of moles. <laughs> And, like, when I say tan, I don't actually get dark, but I can get a little bit of color that's not burning, like a sunburn, if that makes sense. Like, I don't get super tan. If we stood next to each other, I would look like a ghost. (laughs) Well, we already, we recently traveled together, (laughs) and, like, even our legs are a very different shade. They are. Oh, my God. They are. are. And it's funny because next to anybody else, I (laughs) would... Next to anybody else, I would be pale. You know, like next to y'all. I'm Puerto Rican, and I can't tan. No, but that's what's funny is like next to you, I look tan. But next to anybody else, I'm not tan. I just just next to you. It's wild. I had a friend at a NOAA conference, uh, which is our our organization. I had a friend at a conference look at me, and she goes, "Casey, you're like albino tan." It's a specific type of tan. It's not really actually tan. It's just... It wouldn't be perceptible by, quote unquote, normal people who can tan, but... um, Oh, yeah. But but it is with us. And honestly... Yeah. I'd take that win if I could get it. But Listen, when I buy makeup, I still buy the most fair makeup. So (laughs) I'm fair. True. (laughs) Speaking of pigment, that kind of lends us into our next topic. 
not everyone with albinism has white hair. Case and oh, yeah. I don't have white hair. We do not have white hair. So what is your natural hair color, would you say? My natural color, I dye it a lot because I think it's fun, but my natural color is like an ashy blonde. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a medium blonde. It's it's It can get real dark, though. Um, so a lot of the reason is because of having Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome. Um, I was born with white hair as a baby, uh, and then it, it got pretty dark over time. Um, you can see my, my parents were always the type to give me like the yearly like birthday photo shoot for a lot of my life and you can kind of see the evolution of my hair color before I ever started dyeing it um but it it's gotten a lot darker with time and that's pretty much only the hair on my head yeah Um, well yeah because I would go as far I mean I don't know if you agree I think I would go as far as to say your natural hair color might be a little darker than mine it actually is I think so I think it is I think it is. Just a little bit. Mine still is not white by any means. Now, a lot of people with albinism do have white hair. Those are the people you really recognize and see. Um, But, yeah, a lot of us, the pigment really varies with people's hair. Like, some of it is more white. Some of it's more yellow. Um, Typically, we all do have blonde hair naturally. And there are some people with actually, like, brownish hair with albinism. I know an HPSer who I'm thinking of who has, like, brown hair. But that is more rare. Um, my hair is naturally blonde. It was lighter as a child, too. I even get highlights, though. I mean, rare. I get highlights maybe once or twice a year just to kind of, like, make it shinier and brighter. Mm-hmm. Not – I don't really – I get, like, a partial weave. It's not even, like, full, like, dye or whatever. Um, but – so, like, my hair – is a it's a pretty light blonde but it's not anything that would be striking if you saw me in public you wouldn't like if I was walking down the street you would not think I was quote-unquote albino you would not think I had really white hair it's a very normal blonde color although I will say most people don't even have naturally blonde hair period um so like when I do get my hair done at the hairdresser they're like oh my gosh you don't have any roots at all like wow your hair is this color naturally like it is rare even to have, like, just mm-hmm. a blonde color naturally. Um, yeah, my, and, my hair, yeah. although it's a bit darker than even cases, it does take color really well, and it doesn't yeah. need to be lightened, like a, like, a ton in order to absorb additional color. But um, I'm actually kind of annoyed that my hair got darker over time. I would have liked to continue having white hair. Um, it just happened, and I think what accelerated it in my teens is that I was on a lot of different medication for having the bowel disease of HPS, and I like those things can affect the composition of your hair. Um, Interesting. I, yeah. I will say though that like the hair on my body, like my arms and legs, and like you know the little like peach fuzz on my face, like that's all white. Um, yeah, and and or like this like clear non fishing <laughs> line color. <laughs> We always joke that our eyelashes are, like, they're not even white. They're just, like, fishing line clear. They're, like, fishing wire. There and are I hate, some I people with certain it. types of albinism, not even, not Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome, that have almost zero pigment. And they're the, they're the bright white hair people. But they have, like, the bright white lashes and brows, too. Case and I can't get away with that. They're clear. Yes. We have to yes. color them. Otherwise, you won't see them. <laughs> yeah, they're br- those people who have the bright white eyelashes and brows, they actually show up because they are white. 
But yeah, ours are literally the color of our skin, like clear color. So yeah, I get my eyebrows dyed, my eyelashes. I have to wear mascara unless you don't mm-hmm. want to see my lashes at all. So yeah, that's annoying. But yeah, like right. I. But it makes me I glad kinda, I don't have to wax my arms, girl. I got. Oh hairy no, arms. my arms look great. <laughs> my my legs even look good. I mean, I still shave my legs, but I can get away with it easier. Oh, yeah. Like I definitely have light hair, but I like. I do I do wish my hair were lighter blonde too like it's I think it's really funny that a person with albinism is getting highlights I think that's like a, <laughs> such know, a funny right? joke but like yeah like the pigment really varies and I feel like sometimes when I'm in an albinism space I have to say to people hey I have albinism too because mm-hmm. um, I used to be afraid when I was a kid to go to these conferences I was afraid I wouldn't fit in because I didn't look like I had albinism but actually I fit in just fine so if anybody's listening yeah in that position like you will fit in just fine it's just like sometimes on zoom calls and things that i lead i have to say i'm an adult with albinism too because um i want to let people know that i'm in the group even though it might not look like i am in the group (laughs) yeah and you know what albinism is a spectrum there are people that don't have hermansky pudlak syndrome and do have albinism of some type and they also have almost like strawberry blonde hair so it it really really just depends um on whatever genetics has for you uh, and whatever your parents have carried and passed on to you yeah and your your level of pigment doesn't really make a difference in your eyes your eye condition like like i said i still have extreme light sensitivity i'm still uh, mm-hmm. kind of on the maybe middle to worst end of the vision spectrum. So even though I have more pigment, you would think having more pigment would help my case and not necessarily. And so. vice versa. I know people who who look quote-unquote albino, but they can drive a car. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it really, you would think it would make a difference, but like Cassandra said, my pigment is, is almost like artificial pigment. Like it's there, doesn't but work. it's malfunctioning. It doesn't work right. So... um. The next one is it co- like speaking of visual impairments. The next stereotype or misconception we have is it comes with a visual impairment. I think so many people see quote unquote albinos on the street. If we're ever using the term albino in this episode, it's because we're we're saying it in the way the general public would see it, right? So if someone sees an albino on the street, most people would not know that we all have a degree of visual impairment due to the lack of pigment, and we all also have nystagmus, which is involuntary eye movement of our eyes. Um, and and light sensitivity outside. I think there are, I've, I've run into so many people who don't know this. And unfortunately, I think when albinism is portrayed in the media, it's never mentioned. It's, it's just never mentioned. physical. It's always just a physical trait. Oh, they oh, they're white. They can't go in the sun, period. That's it. There's no disability. And I think that's really hard because it is it does include a disability for the people whose vision is lower. And that's hard that people don't know that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, as soon as we pick up our phones, y'all will find out that we're visually <laughs> impaired. But, I mean, it's it's difficult because um, it's such a wide degree of vision, like we were saying before. And it, it's hard to, you know, you cannot tell by looking at someone what level of visual impairment they have. Um, so, I don't know, if someone tells you, maybe believe them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and we all have, yeah, like Cass said, we all have some level of vision impairment, though. But yeah, some people are legally blind and some are not. We've kind of explained the difference between visually impaired and legally blind before in past episodes. But everyone is on that spectrum somewhere, though. Like, nobody's vision is perfect with albinism just because of the nature of the the condition. Like, it can't be perfect. Besides that 
most uh, a lot of the problems in albinism also are part of like the optic nerve connection with your brain uh, mm-hmm. And that just, like, can't even be fixed. Uh, and, it, <laughs> yeah. and, again, with varying degrees of severity. And your retina, too. Just a lot of things, yeah, that can't be like that. So. So, another, I feel like Case can probably speak to this more, but some people think that white Caucasian people uh, can't have albinism. And it's funny because I, I think the the difference is more noticeable when you see a black person with albinism. Um, They have a lot of characteristics of black people. Uh, But, like, a white person with albinism just looks like a really pale person. (laughs) Right, right, absolutely. And, like, there are some people who are just really, really pale with light hair who don't have albinism. It's a genetic Mm -hmm. condition, so it doesn't just... I I feel, you know, something that's really frustrated me in my life is there will be white people who are really, really pale and blonde, and they just say, oh, yeah, I think I'm an albino. And it's like, well, it's a genetic condition that affects your eyes and other things, and it does. it's not just a definition of I'm pale, so I'm an albino. That's not – but like Cass said, a lot of people think – white people can't be albino because oh they already are uh, they already have less melanin um and they're already pale or or whatever you know and I kind of understand why that would be a a misconception like I kind of get it but like I said albinism is genetic it is a genetic disorder that causes a lot of different things in the eyes and in everything like that and so like that's what it is so it 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 happens it is found in every race and ethnicity it does not discriminate um and so yeah I'm white I've never really had people say that directly to me I don't think but I've heard I've heard that that is a thing that people think so I don't know and to be fair it is a bit harder to tell if someone who is Caucasian or white has albinism oh it's harder Um, to diagnose for sure yeah and that that is a little bit unfortunate i know that um you know some some kids are born that are like fair and they have light hair and they're like toe heads versus people with albinism but i think the difference is usually seen in the fact of having a visual impairment um i'm puerto rican so my parents have dark hair and darker skin and so it's a little more obvious for me but um it is it is interesting i (sighs) I look related enough to my family, but, like, not so much so that it looks like I have albinism, so I just joke that I look adopted, but my parents my parents definitely had me. <laughs> so, like, I'm assuming, I don't know if we've ever really discussed this, actually, but I think maybe, I'm assuming the second you were born, they were like, oh, albino baby. I mean, right? Pretty, pretty much. much. It was, like, three, before we even left the hospital, I'm yeah. pretty sure they got, my parents got a diagnosis of, of albinism. It was fairly obvious. Um, and it's, but it's so funny, though. It's really, really strange being, like, I don't know if a person of color is the right word even, but um, just non-white and having albinism. Uh, so I don't look like the rest of my family where people will like not assume that we're together or they think that my mom and I are like friends. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or there was one time when I was in high school with my parents. So I was a minor, like I wasn't even an adult 
we were at Disney World and we were getting on the bus and I had my cane with me. So I was getting on first and my parents were coming behind me and they stopped them and they were like, you can't get on now. It's not your turn. And I was like, they're my parents. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. See, I've never thought. I mean, I know you look different from your family, but because I know you and I've always known you had albinism, I just never like really even thought about it as much. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like I, when I was born, obviously nothing looked wrong at all. And we all went home and had a dandy time for two months. And then when Mm. I was two months old, the doctor noticed my nystagmus, which is my involuntary eye movement. And he was like, that's not right. And that's when I got diagnosed when I was two months old. But, um, but yeah, it's, it is different, obviously, if you're a person of color to like to have a baby with albinism, but, and I guess some white people, if you have one of the more common types of albinism, like OCA1, which is the white hair, maybe you could have a baby and like know immediately, but maybe, I don't know, maybe not. It, it depends. It, 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 it comes with its own sets of disadvantages either way. Either you yeah, oh yeah, may yeah. not get diagnosed immediately or you don't look like the rest of your family. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, and my family isn't even like dark haired. Like all my family is kind of lighter hair or at least my mom and my sister dye their hair blonde sorry guys to like (laughs) point it out like that you just like i do (laughs) i do look like my family in that way um okay the next one this goes without saying but honestly not really we don't have magical powers (laughs) um unfortunately um and we can link some organizations that that raise money for for helping people but unfortunately in certain parts of the world, like Tanzania, people are uh, found and murdered and their limbs are cut off and things because they just because they have albinism and, you know, certain like witch doctors and things think that people with albinism are magical and that their limbs are magical. And it's they go into people's houses and take their children. And it's really horrible. I think there's an organization called Under the Same Sun mm-hmm. that um, helps to stop this. But... I think in a lot of different folklore and a lot of different right. uh, things, it talks about people with albinism being magical, and obviously not true. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done a lot of research on this, and it really is a humanitarian crisis. The The UN has like spoken out against this um, years ago. I think it was back in 2013 when I was originally doing some research on this, and it is really horrifying. Not only are people, like, you know, hunted and, and murdered, but they're also at significant disadvantages because generally in parts of the world that and developing nations where this is usually going on, um, people don't have as, as much access to sunscreen and skin care. And so, yeah. you know, they're at a significantly higher risk for developing skin cancers um, because of the vision impairments with associated with albinism. It is a lot harder to receive education and then just, like, all the social barriers that go along with having albinism in a place where it's probably, like, usually very little understood. Um, yeah. So it, it is... A, a problem and um, I think there's there's another organization called Asante Mariamu um, and we'll we'll link these in the show notes if you feel so inclined to 
support their cause and stop these heinous acts of violence from ever happening again. Yes, yes. Um, we, we don't have time to talk about it a lot more, but please read up on it yourself if you'd like to learn more and to help. And we will leave it in the show notes. I do joke that I sparkle in the sun, though, because honestly, like, being so fair, every time I'm in the sun, I glow like reflective gear. Okay, so, so another another Twilight reference? Are we just vampires, then? We must be. We must be. We can't, we, we can't go in the sun, but when we do, we sparkle and we have gold eyes, or I have gold eyes. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I have always wanted to be Alice Cullen. Like, if I were a Cullen, (laughs) it's Alice one thousand percent. She's my girl. Anyway, yeah, but but we can see ourselves in the mirror. So I think that debunks the vampire. Right? Dang it! Okay, I know how rude. (laughs) You do stay up like all night, though. That's another way you're a vampire. That's true. I I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So albinism is genetic and that means that you can't develop albinism later in your life nor can you catch it it's not contagious yeah it's not a disease it's not i mean we do say we have a rare disease that's because we have hermansky pudlak syndrome but that's also not contagious you can't catch albinism there are certain conditions out there where your melanin can start like disappearing or in patches on your skin and things like Mm -hmm. that and that is not albinism. It's not related. Um, a lot of people get it confused and think that that's albinism. Vitiligo um, disease, yeah. Yes. So albinism, you are born with it. It never changes ever um, throughout your life. You don't lose pigment. You don't gain pigment, pigment typically. I mean, your hair can get a little darker and things like that. But generally, no, it's, it's genetic. It is not contagious. And do you want to do a little... Genetic lesson for us. Science lesson. Science fun fact. Science fun fact part two. Yeah, so um, I've I've, I've done this little explanation on another episode that I honestly can't even remember which one it was. Um, But uh, albinism and also Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome, they work the same way. Um, They're genetically recessive disorders. So um, if you ever, if you ever did what, like, eighth grade science or something. Um, you learned about the the Mendel's Punit Squares, uh, where this scientist did um, a lot of experiments on pea plants. But anyway, so if both of your parents have to carry the same variant of the disorder or the disease or, or whatever it is that you will end up inheriting. And even then, there is a... 25% chance that you will end up with that uh, with that condition. There's a 50% chance that you will carry that condition and you could possibly pass it on to your child. And then there's another 25% chance that you won't carry the gene at all. Um, so that is how that works. If you, as a person with that condition have someone with your exact same type of that condition, you will have a child with that same condition Mm -hmm. um, because you both have, you both carry the trait and have the trait. Um, But, you know, it it is still rare that this kind of thing happens. Obviously, 25% chance isn't high. (laughs) Right, right. So, and, and again, you know, if someone has like, HPS, if someone carries HPS1 and someone carries HPS3, they aren't going to have a child with Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome because they don't have the same right. type. 
Correct. Thank you for the science Look. fun fact. Um, <laughs> so the last thing is, guess what, guys? We can go outside. We Whoa. can go in the sun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We can. With uh, parentheses, with proper protection. Um, a lot of people think and a lot of media and movies show that people with albinism just they are allergic to the sun they can't go outside they can't leave the house they must never go um, we've we've done a whole episode about sunscreen sun protection sun protective clothing sunglasses hats mm-hmm. all the things you can do to protect yourself from the sun um, and and yes skin cancer is a risk and burning is a risk but it doesn't mean we can't leave the walls of our house it doesn't mean it does not mean that and i think a lot of movies make it really dramatic where the people with albinism yeah. like are stuck inside and they're i think literally allergic to the sun i've heard that before and i'm like no that, we're not allergic that is a real thing but it is not something yes. that people with albinism right. have yes you're correct it is there are people with other skin conditions where i've seen people with like they kind of like don't have the outer layer of their skin and like um things like that where they really actually like cannot be exposed to the sun or they are allergic. Yeah, like there are there are lots of different rare disorders that affect that the sun can affect. But yeah, albinism not not the one, man. We can go out, we can go to the Disney parks, we can go to the pool, go yeah, to the beach, whatever. Just, we just have to be really careful and I think, you know, now at the, at this point in our lives, we've got plenty of moles to prove it. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. And oh, that's another misconception. People with albinism can get can get moles. Yeah, pigmented moles. Oh my gosh, pigmented moles. I have seen so many people say, "Oh my gosh, my son has a brown mole on his arm. He does is he does he not have albinism anymore or, you know, <laughs> and that's that's not it at all." Um and actually, I was going to go back. I I meant to um I meant to say this earlier and kind of goes with the genetic thing. There is no such thing as half having half albinism being half albino you're e- you either have albinism or you don't period there are varying degrees of pigment but you either have the genetic markers for albinism or you don't and there is no such thing as yeah. half albino i've had people so many people say to me oh you're half albino and <laughs> no no i'm i'm an albino just as much as anybody else is also like carrying the gene doesn't mean that you have albinism you carry a lot of different genes that you may not pass on to your offspring. So oh, it yeah, has yeah. it honestly like doesn't really affect you. So no, right. you can't be half albino. <laughs> oh goodness, there's so many misconceptions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um the I feel like there was one more th- one more thing that we wanted to mention was that um I think that like I don't know, a lot of people see like animals with albinism and then, like, assume, I don't know, assume things about people based on that. Yes. Also, yes. like, maybe don't send us every picture of an albino snake you see. <laughs> yes. We both get sent pictures of albino animals all the time. And I was t- telling Cass before we recorded, I was like, when my best friends do it, and they're joking with me, like, oh, look, it's a Casey alligator or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of funny and I laugh. But if it's, I've had people come out of the woodwork before trying to be like, hey, like, I know you have this. Like, look at this picture. And it's just a little odd because we're not animals. We're people. Yeah. 
Um, like, look how beautiful it, this animal is, and you're beautiful. And it's yeah, like, thank no. you. I didn't think that that was in question. No. <laughs> I mean, I will say, when I see an albino animal, like, at the zoo, I do get a little bit like, oh. Yeah, I relate to you in well, a way that you bad. can never understand. I feel bad for them because I'm like, <laughs> they are like, first of all, they're way more predators um, get them way more because they can't blend in. And then also they can't see well and the, the photophobia. I feel bad for albino albino animals you know i know they're doing the best they can they're doing the best they can and and the last thing we were going to kind of talk about is like albinism in the media i think it's been really horribly represented for many 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 years i think most of the time people with albinism are played by regular people who like spray their hair white and then act albino and like wear red contacts um Uh. also there's a there's an albino villain stereotype um, yeah. A lot, a lot of movies have have albino villains, and I was really glad. Even though Elsa doesn't have albinism, I was really glad when she came into the mix because she actually was a a positive view of a person with really white hair and light skin. And I feel like a lot of little kids got told that a lot of albino little kids were told that they looked like Princess Elsa, and I think that's special mm-hmm. for them. But yeah, yeah, I've seen. I mean, I remember in The Greatest Showman. Uh, mm-hmm. There were some people with albinism. They didn't actually have albinism. Um, another one I remember in the Katy Perry music video, E.T. Do you know that song? Oh, I never saw the music video. Um, it was a popular radio hit. But yeah, there was a music video with a guy with albinism. He, he, the, the good news is he actually had albinism. So that's good, the good news. But the bad news is he was playing an alien. Uh. <laughs> uh. So, I mean, he actually had albinism, though. So, I don't know. There, I mean, there are a lot of famous go. movies like The Da Vinci Code, and that one Princess was like. Bride. Yeah, just. Yeah, I, yeah, honestly, I, I avoid watching The Princess Bride because it makes me uncomfortable for that reason. Um, and, and, and I'm sure it's a great movie. I just, like, I don't really. I don't want to see it, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like The Princess Bride, and I kind of, like, take it for what it is with the time. I mean, like, I'm hoping... It's kind of like what we said in the disability in media episode we did. I'm kind of hoping for... I'm I'm trying not to be too harsh on the past, but hoping for a better future for mm-hmm. it. Um, and, yeah, I don't know much about the Da Vinci Code one. Is that negative? Probably? I'm pretty sure... So, I don't... I feel like I, I feel like I'm spouting gossip because I don't actually know, but I do know that Noah wrote a letter about it. Oh, so it's bad enough for that. <laughs> Our organization wrote a letter. Hmm. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> Good to know. Um. And and another thing I was going to ask you actually that just popped into my mind that is not really movie related. How do you feel when you're with people? And they say, oh, I'm so pale. I'm like an albino. I hate that. I honestly I think it's... hate it. I think it's pretty offensive because they have no idea what they're talking about. And I'm also standing right there. And usually they don't know that it's a I wrong know. thing. So, so I don't think it's meant maliciously. But I think that's problematic because, like, these are our, like, lives... And well, they're reduced and to, like, a negative view of yourself yeah, because you're pale. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not meant to be malicious, but it's always said in a negative way. It's like, I'm so mm-hmm. albino. Ew. Mm-hmm. Ew, I look like an albino. Like, as Thank if we you. look so ugly. Yeah, and disgusting because yeah. we're pale. And then I'm standing right there, and they don't know that I'm an albino, and then it's, like, super awkward. Because I'm like, like, I actually am an albino. Like, what are you... What? 
stop saying that. It's not stop. funny. And it, it and it goes back to what we were talking about in in that episode, like really early on, where we're talking about like nomenclature and and words and the things to to avoid saying, and, and like it's just best practice to not reduce like an entire diagnosis or disability to just like one trait like when people want to color code things and they say they're OCD about it like there's no need (laughs) there's no need we don't need to do that throwing in another one of my diagnoses that has major um stereotypes associated with it um okay yeah that it's it's a lot it's a lot (laughs) But, um, well, I think we we could keep going about that, but we have. We have. Okay, so what we're going to do for this game, we each have two words written down, and the other one doesn't know the word. <laughs> so I'm going to give Cass a word, and the very first story or significance in her life that pops up, she's going to say, and vice versa. I hope I'm ready. I hope you're ready, too. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Okay. The first one for you is camp or camping. <laughs> okay, I I hate camping. Okay, so <laughs> like a I mean, lot. Camp. Did you ever go to summer camp? Any kind of camp? Yes. Okay. So no, actually, I have been camping before, and this is oh, what I first tell, thought of. And it's, okay. it's where I decided I don't like to camp. Um, so when I was in high school, I used to run cross country. And every year there was um, kind of the annual camping trip, and it was sometime in, like, late September, I think. Um, And so one year I decided, like, this is going to be the year that I do the camping trip because it was, like, a cool, fun team bonding thing. And and then we had, like, a race on the Saturday following the first night of camping. But they made a big spaghetti dinner. It was cute. But also... I did it, and I hate, <laughs> I hated waking up to, like, a tent full of condensation, and then Ew. with just, like, rocks on my back, and uh-uh. it, it just, I felt wet and gross. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm it not made a fan me, of that. It made me think of being there, and it was, like, like a good memory overall, but my, my good friends love to go camping, and I'm just like, have fun. Enjoy yourselves. I'll talk to you after. Yeah, no, (laughs) totally. I love that, though. (laughs) Okay, my first word for you is cake. Cake. Oh, um, oh, I didn't have anything immediately come to me. Okay, here's something. Every time I go to a wedding, I'm very hyper fixated on the cake. (laughs) And, like, to the point where, like, I'm, you know how, like, you never want to be the first person to, like, get the food? Right, because you don't want to look greedy. So, like, I want to go get a slice of cake, but nobody <laughs> is going to get the slice of cake. And I'm like, I don't want to be the first one, but, like, will someone hurry up and get a slice of cake? And then I usually am the first one. And I'm, like, standing there as they cut it, like, ready to get my cake. Just, like, I get a little waiting. I get weird with dessert. I get weird <laughs> with it. I get, like, fixated on it, and, like, I have to have it, and I can't share it either. I'm incapable of sharing dessert. So that's my cake story. I love that you wait with bated breath for it, though. Okay, but sometimes wedding cakes are just so pretty to look at. So they are, and sometimes they don't even taste that good. They're just pretty, I know you they know. Don't. But anyway, okay. My next one for you is blockbuster. 
<laughs> it's just, okay, there's a vagueness associated with it. Because I was born in the late Oh 90s. no, don't tell me. I have so many memories from that place, it's not even funny. But I have a memory of standing in a blockbuster and... Okay, (laughs) this is where I'm going to get, like, super blind because, girl, (laughs) you know certain stores that have, like, a smell associated with them? Sure. Have you ever been in a GameStop? Yes. They all smell the same. Yes. The Blockbuster smelled like that, too. They kind of, yeah, they do. You're right. I know, right? Okay. plastic and popcorn. Yeah, so I feel, like, I remember, like, the smell of the Blockbuster. I remember, like, the colors of being in there. Like, I was real young, and I remember, like, staring at DVDs on the wall, but, like, I was young enough that I don't, you know, remember what they were or, you know, what I was doing there. But, you know, my dad recently was, like, cleaning some stuff out, and he found his Blockbuster card. (laughs) I love it. It's funny because I'm not even that much older than you, but I have so many vivid memories from there. And that's just, it's, I guess it's just because when you're younger, the age difference is so much bigger than when you're older. I don't know. Right. But that's funny. I, I love that he found his Blockbuster card. I know, that's right? A uh, blast from the past. I think he kept it for that reason. But so, you're right about uh, the smell. The smell yes. was, it was a thing. See, and that's, that's what I remember the most. That's why it yeah. still feels palpable to me, but it's very vague. That makes sense. Okay. My word for you is Puzzle. Puzzle. You know, I don't have a specific story, but I will I say the worst words. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I guess I'm instead of doing stories, I'm more just thinking about how they affect my life because I'm I'm an old lady. I like knitting. I like old lady crafts, and <laughs> and so like puzzles are like my they would be my jam. Like they're such a Casey thing, but visually it's hard and I have chronic pain and leaning over that far it's mainly like a back problem like because I would have to lean over really really far to like see the pieces and it would I know that it would hurt my back and it would strain my eyes and it would just like end up being a painful experience and it makes me really sad that I don't do puzzles because I am such a puzzle type of person you know what I mean yeah no you would totally love that I I I try them. I tried them during, like, the, the heat of the pandemic uh, because it felt like a nice activity to, to pass the time. But, yeah. like, it was it was really challenging. I did one that was, like, 300 pieces. I was pretty proud of myself. Um, and then I tried to go bigger, and I could not. I, I choked yeah, because I it like was really hard. If, if I was doing, like, 300 or something, I feel like I could maybe have a more fun time. I would never want to do, like, an 1,000-piece or anything like that. Um, it's really yeah. difficult because also, like, the way I, I had to end up doing it is I had this really – I have my crafting lamp, so it's, like, a really bright light that also has a magnifier. And that was the only way I could do it. Um, and sometimes um. puzzles, like – the pieces aren't like super high quality so they all are generally the same size that's impossible oh i know i know definitely but i would like to do a puzzle but anyway um i guess that's about it for this was fun i hope that you guys learned something that maybe you didn't know before I do too because i i do care deeply about educating the world about this topic so um, we we do hope you all have a great next two weeks, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.